Welcome to Rocketman Explores, where we voyage forth and delve into the world of sci-fi. But wait a minute! Ah, that's better. So this season, we're going to be exploring alternate universes. What they are, how dark they could be compared to our regular ones, and just what kind of strange, wondrous, and terrible things can be found there. So come and join me on this journey, and we'll all go and find wonder and terror and strangeness together. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Rocketman Explorers. I hope you're all doing well out there in our uh, Bizarro Universe version of 2020, uh, hiding out from the virus or uh, staying safe from, uh, you know, from our, the lovely forces of peace and order who are obviously just trying to make everyone's life better and definitely not putting a fascist boot down on everyone's necks. You know, whatever you're doing, just uh, be out there and stay safe and enjoy yourselves if you can. So today we have a very special guest, an old friend, uh, someone that any of our older listeners will know very, very well. I would almost say no intimately, but uh, we'll get to that. So welcome back, our resident triple, Alexa. Alexa, hello. Hi. I like that you set it up as if I've been dating seniors. Like I like <laughs> Like, no, our, just, like uh, our older listeners will love it. I, okay, perhaps older as in older as in three, <laughs> our previous listeners will recognize, not our older. I mean, not that I have anything against you dating senior citizens. You do whatever you want, you know? That's entirely up to you. I mean, based on the lifespan of a, a triple, I think most other creatures that I would date would be older. I mean, that's true for uh, in triple time, like anyone who's not three months old is a senior citizen or less is a senior citizen, essentially. Yeah. 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 So. so there you go. You're always dating senior citizens. Good. <laughs> Glad we got that squared away. <laughs> Lovely to be back. How's it going? How's your exploration after you abandoned me to go to other pastures? I mean, you know, abandoned is a strong word. Uh, I, I, I feel that, you know, <laughs> at the time you seemed very happy. We're not going to get in specifics for what you were doing, but, you know, like you, you seemed totally satisfied. And I use that <laughs> word in every sense of the term. So I didn't feel too bad about it. As we're all aware, my explorations have been somewhat curtailed and I've had to dock the ship for quite a while. But uh, hey, you know, we're still... As the episode that we're watching proves, you don't necessarily even need to go anywhere to explore different universes. So uh, it's been okay, all things considered. You're never stuck in one place when you have your imagination. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Reading Rainbow. <laughs> well, do you want to do you want to intro the episode? Yeah, that we're... let's get into it. Yeah. So for those of you who didn't guess from uh, last week's drinks episode, today we're moving off of Star Trek, but we're not moving off of Star Trek. We're I would almost say we're moving on to an alternate universe version of Star Trek. We're talking about the Black Mirror episode, USS Callister. Now, I had not actually seen this one before I watched it for this episode, and man, I, I enjoyed this thoroughly. This was a great episode. There's a lot going on in this thing here. There is. I will admit that I I tried to get into the Black Mirror show, but the first episode of the first season, because I like to like go back to the start when I jump in. Yeah. 
that first episode is so rough that I couldn't watch anything else, which mm-hmm. I know, like, it's been explained to me that you have to kind of get over that hump and like, that oh, yeah. is like a very rough start, but it was just, it was too much. So I watched the first episode and then I've watched this episode specifically because people knew I liked Star Trek and told me about this one. And I enjoyed watching this so much more than the first episode of season one. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, yeah, it goes, that first episode goes pretty hard in the paint. I mean, part of the joy of Black Mirror is, of course, in fact, that every episode's different. But just to briefly talk about that one, because what I'm astonished at is that that episode came out before, I don't know if you know all the revelations yeah. about the previous Prime Minister Gordon uh, or David Cameron as pledges at university, like stuck his dick in a pig's mouth. And it was just yes. like, you know, no matter how weird uh, life gets, and that was before life got really weird, but you know, art is never as weird as life. That's just seems to be the way that it is. Go figure. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, actually I'm going to contradict myself. I think that I've seen another episode of black mirror. Maybe oh, yes. I've, I've seen the one that they're all on bikes and they get points for how much they bike. And then yes. you can go and audition on reality shows to not have to ride a bike. Does that sound yeah. familiar? Yeah, yeah. That's like, I think that's like the first episode of season two or something like that. I'm okay. not sure. So maybe, but, maybe I've just been like jumping around only the first episodes of each season. But I mean, the joy of it is that doesn't really matter. You know, there's yeah. no, there's no, you can start wherever you like, really. Which is why I this do, this one I is do, a great one to start with. Yeah, they do it really well. They, do, I mean, you can tell you're watching a Black Mirror episode, even though the content is so diverse. But the other thing, too, is they get such big actors in each of their episodes. It's pretty impressive, like recognizable talent, you know? We've talked about this uh, in this series several times before with other episodes, you know, uh, just the previous thing that we did talking about um, the DS9 episode with the uh, Wallace Shawn as the guest star is that even the, the more famous or professional actors, they're still like acting nerds at heart, which means it's fun to do weird, silly stuff. Like this episode, for instance, would have been an absolute blast to play, like doing that yeah. start where they're pa- playing it completely straight as like, the, the the crew going on the doing the mission right at the beginning and such would just would just be hilarious. So I totally get why why they keep getting these people to do these things. Or even for the really dark ones. Like, you know, it's yeah. it, it's a fun place to go as as an actor, I'm sure. To just be able to go and do something very weird or very outside your normal wheelhouse. Yeah. No, I think it was um it's more like budget wise that I'm impressed but again they might yeah. be taking it on as like um they'll do it for less because it's a challenger they'll, they'll probably often do that like I know that like whenever for instance in in a lot of felt like if you see Brad Pitt show up somewhere like as a cameo or in like Deadpool or if he sh- he showed up on like a television show on um Australian comedian uh I'm forgetting what his name is uh, his like television show is his weatherman for a while and such. What they'll do is that you know they can decide what they'll get paid. So they'll just ask to say they'll get paid like you know 
the sort of the minimum actors union rate for wherever it is they're doing it and just do that so that yeah. they're not like obliterating the budget just with their mere presence type of thing. Yeah, that's fair. Um, because this stars a very familiar face to me. Do you know, do you know that the main guy? Yeah. Jesse Plemons. Yeah. But where, where do you know him from? Uh, Fargo. Oh, really? Yeah. He's, a, he's, he's fantastic. He's in season two of, um, him and Kirsten Dunst are sort of the two main characters in Fargo season two. And, yeah. uh, and he's he's amazing. He's great. He's absolutely fantastic in it. Where where do you know him from? Friday Night Lights. Oh, of course. Yeah, I never watched that. See, I'm always shocked that people know him from Fargo rather than Friday Night Lights because he jumps out to me from Friday Night Lights. But like I know about Fargo and how, you know, that is where a lot of people discovered him. But what I will say is based on Friday Night Lights, I would not have known that he had these good acting chops like I yeah right (laughs) like his character was not that great in Friday Night Lights but it's clear that that wasn't his talent you know that was more maybe the character and the writing for him it certainly seems likely because I mean whereas Fargo you totally expect him to be able to do that because he's he's really good in it and also actually the other main character in this Nanette Kristen Maloney Mm -hmm. is also in that season of Fargo with him as a matter of fact do you know who else she is um she is the mother in How I Met Your Mother right yeah yeah yes and the defunct spinoff that they were going to make because they were going to do How I Met Your Father oh really yeah, from her from perspective. From her perspective? But yeah. that didn't work out. No, no. I think everyone had had enough of it by that point. I think so. I think so. But then they also have, um, what's her name? Uh, Michaela Cole? Michaela Cole, yes. Yeah, yeah. From Chewing Gum, but also, like, so many things at this point. Another really fantastic actress. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's extremely good in this. Yeah. So, anyhow. Brief, brief, brief overview of, uh, for those of you, although you should have watched it by now, guys, but if you haven't, very brief overview, is um, our nominal at the beginning, the, the, at least the starting POV character and uh, what who you think may become the nominal sort of like protagonist of the story at the very beginning is Robert Daly, and he's the lead programmer and he co-founded this massive MMO Well, game. to be, to give a feel... We do open on a straight-up spoof of Star Trek. Yes, and you're right. Robert And Robert Daly is... He's the he's, captain. He's Kirk. He's Kirk to the max. He's Kirk dialed up even more. And um, he's got an a, a Russian alien, uh, yes. like, girl who because at the end. And they're all... Yeah, and everyone's super thrilled with his leadership, and it goes great. And, yeah, it's a fantastic mission. They hunt down the villain Valdak, but they decide to let him go, and everyone's like, great leadership, Captain. That was fantastic. And, yeah, it opens in a full camp. It's like Kirk without any balance characters because McCoy and Spock and, you know, they they round it out enough so that it's, like, not hero worship, but this is just straight-up hero worship. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not the triangle point of characters like sort of commanding not attention slash like sort of basic commanding of the thing it's just the one guy 
So, and we open on that, but then we cut to him in his sort of drab. And uh, when we cut to him, we follow him sort of throughout his day or throughout the start of his day in at this company that he has co-founded. And everyone who is in the opening scene as his various Star Trek sort of characters are all there at the place where he works. Um, they're which, all there. Which is, which is named... Which, uh, what is it named? The oh. company the company is named Callister, and the main ship in the Star Trek... Uh, yes, is USS, is the USS, USS Callister. Callister. So yes. there's obviously some kind of connection here. To put a long story short, because it's, it's quite a long... It's longer than a standard television episode. It's almost an hour and a half. There's yeah. a new um, employee at Callister comes in, Kristen Maloney comes in. She is a big fan of Robert's work. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, she comes in and sort of fangirls out over his programming and such for a while. He, you know, we're thinking, and he's kind of downtrodden from everyone else. At work. They, they don't treat him very well, etc. Or at least that's what you think. But she seems to be okay, this, that, and the other. Uh, but his, like, partner ends up swooping in and taking her for the tour. And later on, he overhears her telling her to watch out for Daly, that he's a bit uh, he's a bit of a creep. And he grabs a coffee cup from her, brings it home, analyzes it, and sort of the crux and the whole point of this episode becomes revealed, which is that he has developed some kind of a technology to create a replica like a conscious replica of people and insert them into his game world, which is a modified version of the MMO where he is basically a god and they are all his subjects. It's and, essentially but, like his his test version of the game that he has locked yeah. off from the internet and the other game. So it's like conceivably it was created so that he can go in there and code and test things out, but really he yeah. just made it into his own universe where he is the God and it's yeah. insulated from updates and from the internet. And it's kind of sealed off in like a little bubble. And he's modded all the assets to resemble his yes. favorite show, which was USS Callister, which is a sort of basic blatant knockoff of the original Star Trek. He keeps all of his coworkers like, separate versions of them but that are fully conscious and had the memories up to the point in which they were created he keeps them all here and essentially torments them daily forces them to all be sort of characters in this fantasy that he's living out and if any of them step out of line or if any of them piss him off in the real world he can go into this world and torture them essentially yes so that's the key point is that it isn't and it isn't all of his coworkers. It's only ones that it's have. It's the ones that he's managed to secure their DNA. But it's also ones that he that have crossed him because he. Those are the ones that he goes out to find their DNA. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's really like starting from a place of revenge or vindictiveness or. Yeah, and it's not, it's not starting from a benevolent place. No. And Nanette, so Nanette Ray wakes up here and is understandably freaked out and doesn't really believe what's going on. Uh, very quickly f- sort of sees how it works because um, Robert shows up, expects her to just immediately start un- like going along with this. She very naturally freaks out, refuses to do anything, and he just takes her face but allows her to feel like she's choking to death and just says, I can keep you here as long as you like, 
and he can just like choke to death without ever dying until I decide otherwise. So very quickly she realizes like, no, he's a, not just a God, a mad God. And this is a universe of his own creation, which of them, they all now find themselves in. So this is a, again, this is a new take on the alternate universe. It's one we haven't looked at before in this series. And it's the, the digital alternate universe, the sort of the matrix style ultimate universe, but not really because the matrix is an alternate reality, but consciousness is still split between one and the other. You, you can travel between the two. This one is a bit different in that it, it's look, it's not just looking into questions of sort of our digital universe is real, etc. but they're their own. He, they, he's created two separate versions of people with both li exist simultaneously. And in fact, later on have some rather hilarious, but also pretty dark interactions with each other. Yes. Uh, when Nanette at some point essentially uses a version of revenge porn to get her real self to do what she wants her to do because she knows where it is, which was a whole scene. Man, that was some, that was some crazy stuff. <laughs> I, the thing, the thing that I will say for this, that I, yep. the reason why I liked this episode is that it is a dark premise because of course it is. It's Black Mirror. But yeah. what I what I appreciated was that you could have made this exceptionally dark, but instead they were like, this is a spoof of Starfleet, the Star yeah. Trek spoof. So the, the universe is family friendly. So yeah. all of the digital versions have no genitalia. Yeah, that was hilarious. Which is that hilarious. But it, but it also like, it stops this, it this, from going to some places that yeah, could have very easily gone. That's my point is that it, yeah. it eliminates from this like kind of early on the that threat looming over it because he does kiss them. He does make the women kiss him. Yeah. But it never goes beyond that. And and like they they make a, a big show of well it's never with tongue because you don't yeah. use tongue in the Starfleet yeah, universe. Star, yeah, exactly. Starfleet doesn't use tongue. There's no so tongue an, in Starfleet. It was an interesting thing, and then you bring up the revenge porn, which is interesting because it's not as it's not as terrifying an idea if it's just your like a version of yourself that's doing it against you. You know, it, it, well, exactly. it again they did a good job of eliminating a threat that could have been really, really disturbing to watch of like sexual violence. Yeah. Um but yeah, the, they do bring up the revenge porn, but again, it's it's essentially herself against herself. Well, it's, is... it's, it's in fact almost interesting that the dichotomy that, in fact, they use almost his, like, his sexlessness and lack of understanding of it against him to beat him, ultimately. Yes. In several different ways that, yes. um, you know, Nanette uses it to very, very obviously lure him into a trap by stripping off her underwear and asking him to come and swim with him. I mean, like she, you couldn't have telegraphed this is going to be a trap more if she'd like lit up a neon sign with it, but it works because this guy's clearly absolutely clueless. Like, well, I mean, it's clear from the first, so I've, I've seen this episode before, but in going yeah. back to rewatch it, it's clear right from the start because within about three minutes, he goes from, her being in his office, complimenting him, being, you know, fangirling on his his code, and yep. then him watching his partner that they're supposed to be equal partners, but they're clearly not. 
take her for a tour and introduce her to all of these people that in some way or another has sh they've shown that they've slighted him like yeah. socially slighted him kind of knocked him down a peg or dismissed him or not shown him any respect and then in that moment you watch and he gets angry like he gets it's yeah but it's angry it's angry in the way that like he thought they were having a moment and then she left and so now he is like already turning on her which just shows his lack of understanding of social interactions that yeah if, if you watch that from the outside you see that she would rather stay with him and talk but it's her first day she's not going to say no to the ceo yeah exactly but, but he doesn't pick up on that at all no and then you know even the 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 conversation with um Michaela's character is Shana? Shania? Yeah, anyway, Shania. Shania, yeah. Um, even if you watch that interaction, it's clear that Nanette is quick to say, no, 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 I'm not interested in him because he is her boss and it's she's new to the company. Yeah. If you, you know, anyone else watching that would pick up on that's what that is, and he overhears it, and then that's when he decides that he's going to punish her. Yeah, exactly before we get too sympathetic to him not being able to understand social cues, yes. um, the, the version of his partner, James, that is in there is the most browbeaten and sort of resigned out of all of them. Um, he like, Nanette comes up with an idea to sort of rebel against him, and he's the one who's always like shitting on it and saying it's not going to work and not going along with it. We find out this is because... Robert, at some point, obtained the DNA of his son, Tommy, and any time he wants to particularly punish him, he brings Tommy into the world and then kills him in front of him. So he's yes. a fucked up guy on men. Like, he's completely, he is. utterly insane. You know, when I was watching this, it, it came, what I was seeing a lot of was, like, kindness and ego. Yes. Those are the most, like a lack of kindness on so many fronts and then the responding inability to manage one's ego yeah. was like at the base of this episode for me. Yeah. It's not being able to adapt to that. And yeah, it's a weird sort of mix. He's not, they don't really totally castigate the blame on everyone here because everyone is kind of shitty to this guy there. You can see that, but then, you know, the disproportionality of what happens is then again to him, maybe it's not disproportionate because it's not the actual people. It's these versions that he's created, which the sort of of necessity, they gloss over that aspect of the technology, even though that's like yes. probably the most important part. But I mean, yeah, you have to gloss over it because otherwise you're going to get into the weeds of how the hell does he actually do this? Well, it's also um, Black Mirror, right? So they, they always yeah. have some tech that is kind of, if you looked at it too kind of magic, it's like, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I think I I agree with you, but he does get he does get treated poorly at work, but it's also like it's the same thing. It's it's the criticism that people have of tech moguls is that yep. they're uh they grew up in a culture that maybe didn't value their skill set at one point. We're way past that now. And yes. they still live in that past. And yes. there's a thing about them that they were bullied and had a rough time growing up. And unlike a lot of people who aren't white men who are bullied, they they have this entitlement that means that because they were bullied 
and they believe that they should be given something else, their reaction to it is so out of proportion. And that's what you see in his creation of this, you know, alternate universe, essentially, is that, you know, you can have sympathy, sympathy for him for being bullied or having a rough go or not being treated well. But it's the reaction that like shows yeah. that he's off kilter as well, because a lot of people get treated poorly. Not everyone's reaction is that entitled gut reaction of being like, well, I deserve this. So I'm going to lash out and like torment other people. Exactly. You know? Like, you know, lots of people have at one time or another had a business partner or partner or something that has like, you know, been more forceful and taken more of it over. You don't then, yeah, make a version of them and murder their son repeatedly in front of them for them. That's no. that's a bit disproportionate. <laughs> and if there's a girl at your work, like Michaela's uh, character who called him out for staring at her. Yeah. Maybe you were staring at her. Like maybe you made her feel uncomfortable. Like well, maybe that's, that's as, not. As this goes on and you see more of him as a character, it's almost certain that that's exactly what he was doing. Is yeah. he definitely clearly was most likely being an absolute creep with her for sure. No question. Yeah. So I think I mean this is I mean this is the whole point of it, right? Is is taking a look at at the stereotypes in the tech world and where it gets terrifying is just the knowledge that there are people like him that have such expertise and such talent that they can create things that are hugely powerful. Yeah. And they also have this impulse, some of them, to, when they don't get what they want, to torment people. Yeah. As a result, which is just a terrifying combination. I mean, that's the same thing as any kind of a stereotype of like a, a boy a boy king right like a mad yeah. boy king that's where the alternate universe comes into effect is the mad boy king the, the mad king has only so much power in one world but if they can create their own world then they're just going to be absolutely terrible they do some just in terms of the alternate universe they do the interesting thing is also the play on whether or not they're sentient and whether or not they're alive. Because at the end, yeah. you know, the whole point of their escape plan is to escape as in die. To, to, yeah. to, they think they're, they're going to die. They're pretty they sure think, that they're all going to die and they're okay with that. That's yeah. preferable to where they're at. That by flying their spaceship into the wormhole that is the that breach is just, in the firewall that the, the patch is, is Yeah, that the patch creating. will delete them. The patch will delete them. And delete everything else in his set in his shutoff. It'll detect all the changes in his shutoff system and uh, eliminate everything, which yes. it does. It does, and it in fact uh, deletes his ability to exit the game, and he is left there in a catatonic state. And I have no doubt, probably starves to death and dies, yes. with his mind being trapped in this sort of what becomes basically a void that he has created. Yes. But, but they don't die. They don't die. And they get to interact with the outside world. Which Yeah, they, they interact with Aaron Paul, who calls them a bunch of noobs and threatens them, which is fucking great. It's just a great little bit <laughs> at the end there. Yes. <laughs> it is a delightful thing of them, you know, they're striving to be free. They're striving to create their own de destiny and then, you know, escape this this bubble universe to, to go to back to the quote unquote real world. And then upon entering the real world, they just get hit by another shitty bit of the internet. 
which is just a lovely, lovely little metaphor. Yeah. However, one thing I, I like sort of in the implication of what's going to happen a lot in this ship now is they realize that they all have their, uh, one of the things they're thrilled about, they all have their genitals back. Right. And they're, and they're absolutely thrilled by this. This is a great <laughs> thing. So I, I will say one of my favorite lines of the whole episode is when um, Nanette looks down and sees that she has no genitals early yeah. on when they're discovering this or when they're not discovering it, she's discovering it, they're, they're telling her about it. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing that pushes her over the edge. And she says yeah, something she like said something, stealing yeah. my, stealing my pussy is, is a, a red is, fucking line. Yeah, yeah, it's something like that. It's like, yeah, you know, like, okay, you know, weird <laughs> shit, whatever, but he's stealing my pussy, that's a fucking red line here. Like, that's that's too much. <laughs> um, yeah, that was my favorite line. And favorite scene, I think, is definitely when, um, what's his name, pulls down his pants and just, like, has the Ken doll smooth bump and then just, like, pats it to show the yeah, just starts smack, yeah just starts <laughs> smacking it and he's just like nothing you know and he, he doesn't he say something like we've tried bumping them together we've and tried we grinding them yeah nothing happens <laughs> yes yes it is i mean that's another thing that was interesting it just as like an idea of an alternative universe is that they have no genitals they also yep. make a big thing about how they can't take a shit yeah and they're kind of they only exist for when he's there so it's also like he he created it to be able to inflict whatever he wanted on them. But there's also like a, a, a subtle, unintentional torture of just hours of waiting around and waiting not around being able to do. to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and no escape and just waiting for your tormentor to come back. Yeah. Almost in a, yeah, yeah, and a sit with absolutely nothing to do. They can't leave the ship. They can't do anything. They, uh, th that part, the, although I think the funniest parts of this whole thing, and there are a lot of funny parts, is every time he pauses and they all break character immediately, mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. hilarious. And they're all just like, oh, fuck, you know, like, we're doing this one again, like, especially yeah. when Valdak, like, breaks character. He's just like, oh, hi, guys, you know, like, how yeah. you doing? It's, uh, it's. That's where we learn that everything in this universe is someone that he stole their dna yeah you weren't initially them aware. in and then yeah. the ones that that misbehaved are are turned into monsters yeah exactly that uh yeah it's something like janet from accounting and then later on uh, actually shania uh, yes. is turned into a monster but she manages she transitions back when they escape through the wormhole out into so they escape out from their own pocket universe into a larger, but could still say version of the versions of alternate universes, which we are creating today, like a massive multiplayer. Now yeah. a bit more advanced than anything we can make, but the basic principle remains the same, a completely created thing with its complete with its own set of physical laws and reality, much like ours does that now they exist in as separate entities. It becomes then a simulation theory type, situation right yeah of, exactly. of they, but it's simulation theory in that they know that from the start that they are in a simulation yeah there's no there's never a question they are aware of this the whole time and so like they're the only ones too there's no one else in there that are separate entities only in that universe right everyone else is is an avatar for someone outside well, uh, players, I, I would assume that there are, there's also NPCs and things. The question is, how advanced are those? 
Yes. I mean, they're, they're not, they're proud. They're not conscious entities per se, but then of course, are these people conscious and like they're clearly conscious entities. It, it gets into the whole radical do, then of. They do have genitals. So then arguably you could say that they could reproduce. And then as soon as they can reproduce, then they create a well, whole. No, hold on. They have genitals. We can't arguably say they could reproduce. We have no idea if they can do that or not. The fact that their genitals come back to me yes. signals that because if they couldn't, unless it's just a mod, unless it's just like a modification that he. Well, so let me bring into uh, things I know about video games. I know for a fact that in a bunch of video games that uh, your characters can fuck other characters. However, none of them get pregnant. Yes, but those characters are still only avatars for players outside of it. Whereas these are not avatars, right? They're they're not attached just to having to have someone outside controlling that's, their actions. That's true, but we don't know if they're, the limits of their functionality, of what they're able to do, goes beyond the physical limits of the programming within the world that they find themselves in. Ah, uh, but they weren't created in that world, right? They were created separately into a, a parallel world that then collided. That's true, but they weren't able to be pregnant in the parallel world either. Well, we don't know. We just know that they had bumps. We don't know if their reproductive organs inside worked. I mean, I would, I would assume it, – it, you're right, but I, I, it's probably a pretty safe assumption to make that they weren't able to. That I doubt okay. anyone gets pregnant in Starfleet either. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, they do in the later series, but not, I don't know if... Yeah, but not that. in this strange, idealized version that this sure. guy has created for himself. Yes. Which, it's, again, I mean, he kisses them, but it's like yeah. non-sexual sexual kissing. It's like victorious kissing. Which is it's, just such a weird play acting at being a man. Yeah, yes, exactly. But that's what a manly <laughs> man would do. Is kiss one of the female? Like, but doesn't it? It doesn't kind of at some point becomes a little bit sad that like he's acting out what he thinks it is to be a dude with no thought to his own actual desires. Do you know what I mean? Like if it was really about him desiring them, then as dark and twisted as it would be, the ladies would have genitals. Yeah. No, you're right. Exactly. He doesn't. Yeah, that's not that's not what is it's, it's about. It's something. Well, it comes back. To, it's not about that. It's about the performative performing what he feels like. Yeah, sort of a heart. A, a guy captain would do what he would have to do. What he would have to be, etc. That's that's what his her heroic idealized captain would do after winning a particularly yeah. like intense battle or something like that. And it even is if it's not something he would do. It is true too that people that are that concerned with the show of things with like the look of how it like the performance yeah. they they get so much more angry when people don't go along with what they want the performance Ex to look like exactly when they don't conform to the sort of yeah when they don't conform to the player the part that's happening in their head then that's just that's even worse that's just like well you know you totally fucked it up it is also interesting just in terms of if you have the ability to create an alternative universe yeah then he just has basically translated all of the limitations and the structures that have made him miserable in the real world and has mm. just translated them to a new world or put himself at the top of the hierarchy, which for someone who has obviously 
the creativity to create very advanced code and technology. It's yeah. shocking how limited his ability to imagine a different universe actually is. Because it's, you know, like he's just he's just copying and pasting and changing the way that it looks. But at the base, it's still the same things that have made him so unhappy. If he has yeah. that much creativity, it's a question he's of why wouldn't you make a world? It. Yeah, why wouldn't you make a better world? You know? Because I mean, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be Black the, Mirror. <laughs> it wouldn't be yeah, Black I mean, Mirror. I mean, yeah, the basic thing is that. But also because... That's not what someone like him actually wants. He doesn't want a better world. He wants to be on the other side of the world that he's in. They don't, these people aren't thinking of like the better world benefits everyone and such. And in the end, that's not what he cares about. He doesn't really give a fuck about anyone else. So yeah. like he just wants to be on the other side. That's all. Such a, a shame, a waste, man. You got yeah, yeah, DNA sure. technology to scan people just. Make it a utopia, man. Well, he even, I mean, they spell it out very clearly. Um, James, in his sort of final speech to him, spells it out. He's like, you know, you're right. I'm sorry. Like, you're a genius. You are a fucking genius. Like, I should have treated you better in this company. You clearly, you're clearly like an absolute genius. It's all amazing. Like, I, I should have said, I'm sorry. Like, I should have treated you very differently. But then he says, but you killed my son in front of me, so you can go fuck yourself, and then screw, and then, and that, that encapsulates it right there, so that's exactly it, you're yeah. right, he is a genius, he should have treated him better and all that, but in the end, he's also a fucking psychopath, and that's yeah. just all there is to it, sometimes, yeah. unfortunately, that's just gotta be shut down. Yeah, yeah, I mean, let's all hope that there aren't a lot of psychopaths who have access to the technology and the ability to create alternative universes. At this point in our history, I'm not willing to, uh, I'm not willing to say definitively anything anymore, whether there aren't, <laughs> that would just, you know, like, uh, at no, this I mean, point, anything can happen. I'm <laughs> saying let's, let's hope. That's yeah. Let's I'm hope. Let's yeah. Hope. Yeah. I agree with that sentiment. Let's hope that's not the case. 2020 yeah. don't get any ideas, you know, <laughs> Quite frankly, you've had a hell of a time already. Let's just leave it at that. And uh, I mean, you know. if you want to, if you want to get really meta, um, you know, before we run out of time here, there is a joke about how if we were living in a simulation, it really feels like we're just at the end, where the people are like, "Well, let's just do whatever. Let's just fucking do whatever because we're gonna reboot yeah, let's it." Just, let's just keep throwing variables until the system yeah. crashes. Yeah. I mean, let's let's start off by setting fire to this part of it, and then let's yeah. you know have a pandemic, and let's have you know, uh, unrest and whatever else. and Yeah, let's yeah. just break it. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, if that's the case, guys, at this point, you know, just throw it all in there and get over with. Whatever. Fine. You know, cool. Do it. I, ac I accept our digital overlords just causing complete havoc, but just quit drawing it out. You know, just go bananas. Throw it all together in one shot. Have the aliens invade. You know, <laughs> we all know you've wanted to run that program for a while. Just fucking do it. You know, why not? Yeah. But do it. Do the weirdest version of the aliens invading. You know, don't do the stereotypical, like predictable one. Do because you know there's got to be different versions of that program, oh, right? I mean, like, there's, yeah, there's tons there's, of different ones. There's so many different versions of aliens invading. So do the weirdest one. Do the weirdest, the the one that you were like, this is bonkers, but we'll make it like just you know to have a rounded out library of possibilities. That's what I say. There you go. A ch a challenge <laughs> to our possible digital overlords. Bring it on. <laughs> I mean, also knock on wood. Let's just, let's just knock on wood. Yeah. 
yeah, that's all we can do, really. Well, I think I, I think we'll sort of wrap it up there. And my, yeah, the hopes that uh, if we are in a digital simulation, our you know our programming overlords are nice to us. They've kind of shown to themselves to not be. Not be the case. Yeah, no, exactly. Clearly, they're not. Like no. <laughs> that much is obvious. Oh, I think boy. I think all we can do at this point is that hope that if we are even if we are a simulation like someone else's simulation that if someone in this simulation that we live in is creating other simulations and yeah. other like alternative universes that they're not assholes. That's I think that's all we can hope for at this yeah, point. Yeah, that there's a backup of us with someone like with a slightly less insane person in charge somewhere. Yeah. There you go. That's a company <laughs> thought. <laughs> Who knew that we would get so much into the reproductive possibilities of these uh, characters in the, the Star Trek spoof? Of I mean, I'm not super surprised. <laughs> One thing yep. that we, did, we didn't talk about that I do think yep. is of note is his yep. voice. Is oh, Robert yes. Ailey's voice as Kirk is, is, or as whatever the character is that is essentially Kirk, that compared yep. to his regular voice is just fantastic. Yeah, his his weird pronunciation of everything and like his yeah. sort of his uh, it, it goes a bit deeper but a bit straight. Yeah, it's yeah. really and, and funny. It's, and it's like a different melody in the same way that like Kirk speaks in a different melody, you know, than like regular cadence. Yeah, you know, yeah. Kirk is is a little all over the place, and he it's not quite as exaggerated, but there is compared no, to his regular person, it's different. Yeah, he's clearly playing with that a little bit. Like, just Plemons is playing a bit of like, yeah, do going the whole, going the full, not the full Shatner, but like forty to fifty percent Shatner. You, know? you never go full Shatner. No, you never go full unless you're Shatner. You never go full Shatner because it just doesn't. Unless you're Shatner, it doesn't work. You gotta, yeah. you, you gotta leave that to him. Well, thank you very much for joining me, Alexa. Thanks for having me. This is great. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, we'll do this again shortly for another. Yeah. yeah, we are going to be doing this for another upcoming episode, listeners. So we'll probably, as I said, get hard into the paint with reproductive possibilities <laughs> of whoever we're talking about next time. Who knows? I mean, I don't know that we will, but we'll, well, maybe. But I mean, spoiler or not spoiler, well, should we say the next one isn't going to be Star Trek related? Yes, we can definitely say that. The next one also is not Star Trek related. Very different. Very, very, very different. different from what we're going yeah. through. So the trouble will be back for a non-Star Trek related episode. So hang in there, guys, and look forward to that. It will be coming soon to a computer point near you. A computer point. A computer point. You know, them points you know with what? computers. You know what that just told me? What? That you aren't creating an alternative universe. Yeah, you 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 are safe in that assumption. I have not mastered <laughs> feel, the art of copying DNA. Yeah, and, I feel I feel comfortable with someone who says computer point not having the ability to scan my <laughs> DNA. Yeah, yeah, for that particular thing, <laughs> you are definitely safe. Uh, All right, so thank you very much for listening, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, if you could please head on over to ratethispodcast.com slash rocketmantfgc and just, you know, drop us a rating. Uh, let us know how you feel. Let us know how you th what you thought. If you enjoyed this and want to see even more from us, 
Please, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at RocketmanTFGC. There's always some great stuff dropping there. So, you know, just check it out. Have a good time. We're still all locked up in a pandemic. What else are you going to do? Get on that Instagram feed for 10 minutes or for an hour and a half as you scroll through the destruction of our particular world by our digital overlords. Whatever. You know, just do your thing. Thank you very much, guys. I will see you next week, or at least I wish I could see you all, but I will speak to you next week. Have a good week, everyone. Bye-bye. This has been a Two Finger Guns Club production. Pew, pew.